0: Find
1: your own way. The next day. All you gotta do is just show girl day. Till the next day. Everyone, I'm here with Melissa Marlin. We have known each other since high school. Yes, Bose's Cultural Art Center. And Melissa just finished completed. Camino Portuguese. So welcome to the Showgirl Tip
0: of the Day podcast. Thank you so much, Michelle. It's a pleasure to be here with you.
1: And if you could see us, we need to get some photos of what we look like right now with our towels on our head. We are doing this old school at the Flagship Inn in Boothbay Harbor, Maine. Melissa came up and surprised me and visited. So let's talk about your
0: acting career.
1: The last gig you did was in Fire Island. Am I right?
0: That was the last major production that I did of Lacage Fall. I've I- done other things since then.
1: And how do you balance your full time job with acting and singing? How does that happen for you?
0: Um, so that's why there's a delay when I did Lacage, and I believe Lacage was 2017. It's because. It's really hard to do a full production and to work in all the rehearsal schedule. I'm sure you're aware of that it's an equity schedule. You know, we start at 10 and go to six. (laughs) It's a challenge, but what I have done to fulfill myself to keep my art going is to do individual one night plays, smaller venue gigs, cabaret, and what's really been fulfilling me as I also work in my professional career in corporate America is that I've started writing. And that's really been what's fulfilling me at this point in my life.
1: Excellent. There's not one path, everybody. There's many different ways to feel creative, to feel fulfilled, and to grow. Not everybody does eight shows a week for 25 years. Not everybody goes from film project to film project. It's a windy path, wouldn't you say?
0: I think that's a beautiful analogy to it. It's indeed a windy path. And the one great thing about the theater is that, well, for me, you know, the blonde, uh, you know, you dance, you sing, and your your cast is that blonde or uh, whatever, but then, the theater never really goes away from you because I can still return to the theater later in life. I always uh, parallel Alison Janney, who she started so late in... Well, she didn't start. She had kept trying, and she really didn't go into uh, her television career until her late 40s.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and look at her now, she's amazing. I got to meet her in Ohio. Oh, did you? She's from Dayton, Ohio, and BioArch Lee hired a bunch of us to do the finale of Chorus Line at this Performing Arts Center opening. Walter Cronkite was there, Ray Charles was there. Yeah, Allison Janney was there. And the Akron Ballet Company was, they were so nice to us. They invited us to a club after the event. So we went out dancing with all these ballerinas. Yeah, that was a great gig. You know how sometimes you have these gigs that are just
0: amazing? They are. Yes, absolutely.
1: So tell us, speaking of windy paths, tell us about your calling for the Camino and how, because I'm amazed at how quickly you pulled it all together and how you just went.
0: So it it is a windy path path and how I got there was definitely, as you said, a windy path. I was not familiar with the Camino de Santiago. I really didn't have any background on it. I think once I had, actually my hairdresser had mentioned to me that her husband had done this walk somewhere in Spain. That was all I knew of Camino de Santiago. My background is in Christianity, so I am familiar somewhat with St. James, but not a lot of insight on this. Coming out of COVID and living in New York City, uh, right on the Upper West Side during COVID had left me, I would say almost with PTSD. The sirens were constant you know, life changed. And I'm sure that anyone who was in New York City did not have the capability to leave New York City and go stay in their home in Connecticut or Eastern Long Island or something, but had to actually endure being there would probably reference how difficult it was. There was just something within me that was unsettled. And I was also enduring the loss of a relationship that was really beginning to come to an end, um, had just been tested under... uh, COVID, and so it was a difficult time. It was one of my first business trips since COVID and I traveled to Knoxville, Tennessee. In that moment, I was not having a great moment. I was in a seafood restaurant. I was sitting next to a saltwater aquarium with a little fish that looked just like Nemo. I was staring at this fish, waiting for my food. I was by myself and a voice as clear as what you're hearing me say right now said, you need to walk the Camino de Santiago. It was so clear, Michelle, that I turned around to look and I thought someone was speaking to me. It was that clear and I couldn't ignore it. Right away, what do we do? I pick up the phone and I'm like, what's the Camino de Santiago? I Googled and oh my gosh, the myriad of uh, things that came up was immense everything from that moment and that was on march 9th i remember the day very clearly uh, because i was there on business and i was visiting a new account and march 9th and i left for the camino exactly two months later so i started the camino on may 9th which was mother's day 2022. it was a calling and it was a calling that i knew i couldn't ignore i couldn't delay and i had to listen And it was part of almost like trusting my faith because I also have a background. I have a master's in divinity. I ordained interfaith minister. So uh, I like to consider myself very spiritual. And I said, I have to listen and I have to do this. And while there may be financial challenges, time challenges, physical challenges, no, go, don't delay, do. There's no and try.
1: So you contacted your employer. I you, Last night you said to me you told them that you were working for them for
0: 20 years. A little bit of like more of even the aggression was I didn't let uh, my... Uh, manager or my boss or my employer know that I was actually doing this I booked it and then I told them that I would be doing this and I let them know that I was going to be traveling and I would be out for three weeks it really was more than three weeks if you factor in the six days of like Saturdays and Sundays and then there were some holidays uh going into that so uh (laughs) yeah, my my boss was kind of like, what do you mean you're leaving for that long? Are you kidding me? And I said, no, I'm not. But I've worked a long time uh, here, almost 20 years seniority, and I have to do this. And I have to, to his credit, I I couldn't have a better boss. I really couldn't. I'm, I'm just really grateful for him. And he said, you have to do what you have to do, Melissa. He goes, we'll be here when you get back. I mean, that's great. That's amazing. So comforting.
1: What were the things that you did to prepare? You, I remember seeing your posts on social media that you were walking. I know during the Camino you were walking all day, but how long, how many miles or how many hours did you prep for this?
0: I prepped, I did do some long walks and I did walk with, you know, some weight on my back, a backpack just to try it out. But I I didn't train the way that one would think you would train, like for a marathon. Actually, my training was more of, I became familiar with a store called REI, and I had never been to REI, Recreational Equipment Incorporated. And now because I just wouldn't, you know, I'm got a theatrical background, I'm kinda of splashy dresser, but now I love REI and I can't even believe I own Tivas. Are you a member? Did I'm you a joined? member yeah, me too. <laughs> yes, I joined and it's absolutely worth it. I spent so much time going to REI and at first I balked because I thought, oh my God, why is this stuff so expensive? you know, this like tech wear. I could have bought a $20 poncho, but I opted instead after the lady had told me to buy this like um, parka and also these rain pants. And I do have to say while it was considerable, considerably expensive, a lot more than the $20 poncho, when you are in the elements and you're out there, I am so grateful to this jacket that I bought and the pants and it was worth every bit of the money. And absolutely, uh, REI became my favorite place. And the other thing that I did was I watched YouTube videos. And I would watch other people's experiences on the Camino. And the last point to that was I also was introduced to one person that I knew who had done the Camino Frances twice. She has a uh, podcast. She did the Pilgr- She's a Pilgrim in Pearls.
1: Pilgrim and Pearls. All right. I'll link that below in the show notes. Sounds super interesting. You were telling me about this person.
0: So she gave me a lot of insight and helped me, but she had not done the Camino Portuguese. So she was not that familiar, but she gave me so much information. And she also was very encouraging to me and kept telling me, go, you're going to be great.
1: Just do it. So you went by yourself. A lot of people go in pairs or go with a group. How was traveling as a woman in this on this journey? Did you feel safe? And what were the highs and lows of that?
0: So yeah, I, I chose to do this by myself a lot of people you're right do this in pairs church groups are there i've saw buses and and packs of people traveling together you know there's a dance to to that because there you're compromising you know you're you're well what do you want to do you're walking at different speeds etc when you're alone you're alone i'll have to say that i felt completely safe the entire time a safety perspective i never thought that i was going to be harmed in, in any way. There were times that I didn't feel so safe when it was a physicality issue, but I never felt threatened for my life. And traveling alone, it was great. <laughs> it was very
1: freeing. You stayed mostly in the more private accommodations. So do you want to talk about that?
0: Yeah, so when you're doing this pilgrimage, and it is indeed a pilgrimage, the majority of the tone for it is that people stay in albergues. and albergue is a hostel and you sleep with a lot of people in one room and there are shared showers and there are fabulous dinners in the evening that are all shared together. So it's about fellowshipping. It's about developing contacts and friends with people from all over the world. With that sounds kind of fun, but the sleeping part. It's very fun and I did do that a few nights, but for me to do that all of the nights I know that I wouldn't really be in great form because I needed to get my sleep. I needed a private shower to restore at times yeah did
1: you take any break days any rest days
0: i only took one rest day when i reached santiago and that rest day was just to reset because the next day i had to continue on from santiago to finisterra which i walked that was an additional five days and that's uh finisterra is el fin de mundo El fin de mundo is the end of the world. And that's what the Romans termed that westernmost point of Spain because they didn't know that America was on the other side of the Atlantic yet. So the Romans termed that el fin de mundo. Wow, that took an extra five
1: days. Mm-hmm. For some reason, I thought it wasn't that far away. Tell us about the food. I wanna hear about what you ate.
0: Yeah, so the food was absolutely delightful it was decadent in the mornings i'm not really a big breakfast person i am a coffee person there is no dunkin donuts there and i didn't miss it at all because the coffee was even better so i would have lattes cafe con leche in the morning made by lovely people chocolate croissants there was no shortage of sweet pastries cheeses you name it they had it and then in the evenings it could be anything from fish or they have something called pulpo, which is the octopus, uh, which is, you know, the delicacies of Calicia. So I tried everything. I loved everything. And the other thing I loved was the um, Portuguese wine from the Douro Valley. I love that too. I had a little bit of that. Excellent. And I also would um, end each night with um, a glass of wine or two. And I did have to say that their wines are just cleaner than the wines there's no pesticides or it's just you felt clear everything was much different than um than here perhaps
1: you lost a lot of weight just because all those weeks of walking all those hours did you feel yourself getting stronger or were you just busted
0: at the end so I didn't feel myself losing a lot of weight. And I don't know if I lost weight. I lost inches. My clo- my clothing hangs really nicely off me now and I feel great. But I could feel myself definitely getting stronger and the one thing that I did realize was that I had a problem with my left ankle at one point and it was really getting to the point where I went to a pharmacia. I, I wrapped it I had to put this like lotion to put on it like I think it's like some secret tiger bomb it was fabulous they were so caring on the Camino and they were so helpful to me with, I wrapped it with tape and then I put this whole sock over it and compression. But what I was amazed and I learned during the Camino was I learned about my body. And you as a dancer, you're probably very aware of your body and the movements. Uh, My training is, it's in dance, but it's not in dance. My training is of musical theater and voice and acting. And so I might be less aware of my body but I could feel that where I thought my ankle was just not going to, am I going to have to end this Camino? Suddenly it became stronger as I stretched it, as I did exercises, as I cared for it and I took care of myself. I didn't have a problem with it. I wondered where the left ankle issue had come from and then I could remember, well, oh, this is what happened and this is what, this is why I'm having this problem. But I really, I didn't have any issues with blisters, or severe back issues. Ooh, I just... Lucky. Yeah, I was very lucky about that. I carried um, my pack, my full backpack, a few of the days, and then some of the other days I would transport that backpack. Oh, how do you do that? That's interesting. Yeah. So I knew for my own physicality that I wouldn't be able to carry this backpack every single day. So I would have, I planned, and I would have the backpack. I would leave it downstairs at 8.30, and it would be picked up, and then it would be taken to, I'd have to let them know where I was heading to that evening, and they would transport it. So when I arrived at my albergue or at the hotel, my pack would be waiting for me, and I would have carried a smaller day pack, which had about 10 to, it was like 12 to 15 pounds that okay. I was carrying. How bi- How much was your real big pack, the backpack? Well, that one was still light. I tried to keep that. That was about 18 pounds, okay, okay. 20 pounds. So how did you find out that you could do that? I had talked to the Pilgrim and Pearls. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I had also watched on YouTube to find out about that. And to me, that made sense because I've worked many trade shows and Standing on the floor at the Javits Center in New York, when your feet are killing you, there's nothing. You're not going to close a sale easily with that pain. So I wanted to have a good experience with this and not be focused on my actual pain. Although some people, that's what, that's what the purpose of this is for them is to suffer. Mm. You know, which is a can be come from a religious perspective. Sure. One
1: question. So you did you book all of your accommodations in advance? I booked a lot
0: of them, and not all of them. Did you use Booking.com? Well, I, when I showed up, I didn't use Booking.com. Okay. Yeah, I I would use I used an app, Camino Ninja app. Ooh, I got to get this app. Yeah, I also communicated, and I used for the first part Portugal Greenwalks. They were wonderful. Okay. Portugal Greenwalks.com. Okay. Yep, and they helped me coordinate and plan things. I would say that you don't well I want to be I want to be careful when I say this You don't have to use a booking company to book the Camino. No, you can go and... You can do it yourself.
1: Now, there are some people who just walk and wherever they want to stop, they try to get a room. But to me, especially because it gets popular, I I would always feel secure knowing like, okay, I have to finish by seven because I need to check in.
0: So my suggestion with that is there's a movie, The Way, with Martin Sheen. And that was another motivator... And actually I did, I had not seen that movie until after I had the calling to do this and I watched the movie and it was great. So pre-COVID I think it would be totally fine to you know approach it where you just walk and where you stop and where you land you land but I walked in May of 2022 of this year the accommodations were still some albergues had closed and I just felt that I felt more secure knowing that I had a plan. I mean, I just, I needed that security. And I wouldn't recommend the not booking or I wouldn't recommend that for someone like myself traveling alone because I did witness a man when I was sitting in the lobby of the hotel, a man had walked in, he had walked from Porto, basically he had walked over 30 miles that day. That's a lot of walking. He had a very heavy backpack. He looked like he was going to collapse. And he said, Do you have a room? And the woman replied, No, I don't. And she said, But you, there's a hotel seven minutes away. And so, of course, as a New Yorker, I looked and I said, Maybe you, do you think you should call and see if they have availability? So they kind of looked at me like, Why are you getting in this? But she called, and guess what? They didn't have availability. So he would have gone even further. Well, he would have been walking and then there would have been no availability. It was a moment, and I guess this describes some of the Camino, because it's something I did that I don't know why I did, but this man, he walked in and he really looked like he was going to collapse. And when I saw there was no room for him, And I knew I had a huge room. For some reason, I was by myself, but I had a full kitchen, this king-size bed, a living room with a pull-out couch, a massive bathroom. It was crazy. And I looked at him and I just said, I have a pull-out couch. You can stay in my room. I didn't even know this person. That's so out of character for me, especially, you know, we're New Yorkers. You don't do that. But he smiled and the manager also smiled and I really meant it. And I thought to myself and plus he's so exhausted there's he's he's he can't do anything because I'll be able to beat him up because he's so he's tired. It's going to fall out. Yeah. <laughs> so did he stay with you? No, he ended up because the manager came out and um he said no no. He said I'm going to drive him I'm going to drive this pilgrim to the next town over where I know there's availability. So I looked for him on the Camino and I never saw him again. But those were the exchanges uh Yeah, everyone is
1: very giving and lovely and Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. That's really great. What's something that you learned that you would do if you had to do this over again? What's something that you learned going through it that you now know for next time, if there is a next time?
0: Well, I think I have, there will absolutely be a next time. I can't wait to go back. There is absolutely a next time and there will be a next time until my body can no longer do this anymore is how how passionate I am about the Camino. Something I did learn was that it's really important, and this could be my own personality, but I thought I was being uh, too intrusive of people. When I'd meet them, I thought okay well I won't ask them for their their information or are you on Instagram are you on whatsapp so I had exchanges with a lot of people from all over the world and it wasn't until the middle of the Camino when I started saying hey are you on Instagram are you on whatsapp and I now have this connection of people that I met and even a, a pilgrim brother of mine started a Camino today he's doing the Camino Primitivo and I sent him a text and I was like Charles, I know you're heading out on the Primitivo today. I'm wishing you a Buen Camino, sending you love and light from Maine. So these are the exchanges that are beautiful. And I missed out on that for the first half of all those people that I did meet because I guess I was shy or I didn't want to be intrusive.
1: But also (laughs) our New Yorker and you and I both grew up in New York. We were always taught kind of to mind our business. Right. And up here in Maine, where we are now, it's a much more relaxed, open kind of environment because the pace is slower, there's not as much hubbub, and you can say hello to a stranger and you can chat with a stranger. I think that it's just where you are. I know when I was on tour, it took me a very long time to unlearn the shield, the New York bobble shield that Mm -hmm. we have. And Absolutely, that's, and that's for safety too. Because you were telling me COVID antics at your Dwayne Reed and in your neighborhood, where people were pulling stunts and being, you know, breaking the law. So on the Upper
0: West Side, yeah. yeah.
1: Like, what is? Come on. So you, I, I do understand the bubble and why we have it, especially as women traveling. Our friend Ashley was saying she got elbowed in the face coming out of the subway this year. That's unacceptable. To unlearn that kind of like
0: barrier, that, you know, that guard, it takes time. It does take time. It, it really does. And it also was one of my other lessons on the Camino. I guess I thought at times I didn't want to be intrusive or, you know, stay too long with people. I just, you know, which is why my entry into Santiago was so magical that it was, it couldn't have been better. I had met two women a few days prior and I made that mistake not asking for their information and I would walk and I my eyes would be searching for these two women, Patricia and Anna, and they were from Spain and they were my New York City public library lions. I thought they were just uh, majestic strong women. Patience and fortitude, right? That is correct, exactly. The three of us all had a great dynamic together, but I I didn't realize that they were traveling with like a pack of Spaniards. There was about like 13 or 14 of them. Wow. They had helped me one day get to where I was going, to my albergue, and I lost them. But then I saw them a few days later. I finally found them in a cafe, and that's when I got their information. And then they walked ahead, and I stayed behind, and we were all going to reach Santiago that day. Well, I guess I walk fast, but suddenly I could hear singing and singing in Spanish. And I turned and then I heard them say, "Melissa!" And when I heard my name, I was so happy because I was like, people, it was so great. And the crazy thing was all of our walking sticks were so worn down to the metal on the bottom that these beautiful people had made their walking sticks, they were like almost like drums and they were like tat, 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 rat, tat, tat, as we were walking into the square and people were applauding for us that were sitting in the cafes. I was crying, I was like, I can't believe I'm here. And I walked with this beautiful group of Spaniards, young people singing, screaming, vamos! And it was, it was majestic majestic that's so exciting it was so exciting because there is the other side where i went the other day to watch or the the following day and i saw some pilgrims walk alone and it reminded me of that musical flora the red menace it's a quiet thing yeah you know there are no exploding fireworks where's the roaring of the crowd yeah sometimes it's a quiet thing and sometimes for me it (laughs) it had been a quiet thing the whole journey and then at the end it was loud and exciting and tearfelt. I love this
1: tale. You're gonna go again. I would like to go next year, although I have to finance it. So I'm really trying hard to save some cash and get myself together. But I have been walking and because I just was in Lisbon, I understand that the walking is re- you have to train. So maybe I'll see you on the trail. What do you think? I think so. I absolutely think so. Is there anything you want to just leave with? Where can people find you on social media if you want people to, you know, say hi or anything?
0: Sure. I'm on Instagram under Melissa Marlin, M-E-L-I-S-S-A-M-A-R-L-I-N. I'm also on Facebook under Melissa Marlin as well. And I will leave it with just a really short story. At one point on the Camino, I had to use the bathroom and I found a facility that where there was you just put a coin in the door and it would open and there was no one in this place so I put my coin in and I was so tired Michelle that the door it opened and then it slammed back on me oh and it was the only 50 cents coin I had everything else was like a euro it only yeah. took the 50. yeah yeah I know that one so I was so upset and I was feeling sorry for myself I went through all of these emotions anger How could you let this happen? Uh, You know, then you're so stupid, Melissa, thinking about that and really upset about that. And suddenly I kept walking and I saw this place and I thought that place looks crazy. The guy looks scary, but he was a guy that helps pilgrims. And he walked right up to me and, you know, he offered me water or beer. And I said, no, I, I, I need to use the bathroom. And he said, of course. And I used the bathroom, but all day long, my walking sticks had been worn down to the metal and I thought, I need pinch nose pliers to change these, uh, the tips on them. Where, that, where am I going to find that on the Camino? Well, when I walked out of the bathroom, I looked down and I couldn't believe this tool chest had pinch nose pliers on top of the tool chest right there. and. I asked him, could I use these? And then he looked at me and he took the walking sticks out of my hands and he repaired my walking sticks. I would never have gone into his, never would have walked into that place if I had gotten into the bathroom where the door slammed on me. And my lesson and my takeaway from that clearly was, you know, something at times things happen to you and it's not what you want to happen and you can go through those feelings of anger, but that happened for that reason. So I would meet that man. My sticks wouldn't have been, And he wouldn't have had I wouldn't have had that exchange. And he was a beautiful man. So wow,
1: I like that. It's really literal, like when the door closes, something else is happening for you.
0: So beautiful. Yeah, I love that.
1: Mm -hmm. Oh, thank you for coming on the Showgirl Tip of the Day podcast, Melissa. We go back a long way. We haven't even talked about our high school years, but that's maybe for another time. And thanks for coming to Maine, too.
0: This has been such a
1: delight (laughs) having you here.
0: It's a delight to be here with you, Michelle. Thank you. Buen Camino.
1: The Showgirl Tip of the Day podcast has original music composed by Joshua Holloway. Find him on YouTube, Joshua Holloway Music. This podcast is written by Michelle Bruckner and edited by Michelle Bruckner and Joshua Holloway. Find me on Instagram, Showgirl Tip of Day. Thanks for listening. We'll see you again next week with a new episode.